It is Sports Talk. Thanks for being with us here on Newstalk 1400, 93.9 FM, WDWS. I'm your host, Scott Beatty, along with Lauren Tate. And just back from Circle City, from the crossroads of America, from Big Ten Football Media Days, with plenty in our bags to share with you on the airwaves as Illinois was well represented by, of course, head coach Brett Bielma, Four players. Josh Whitman was there as well, and we've we've had conversations with all of them, and we'll try to bring you as much as we can here through the next couple of hours. Lauren Tate, it was what was this your third media days ever? At least, yeah, at least maybe three three plus fifty three. Is it fifty six? Is that what I heard? Well, uh, that's not a fair number, but uh, it began fifty six years ago. I see. Well, I mean, I began fifty six years ago. We had a, a, a traveling uh, a, a group that used a, a plane to go from from campus to campus, and when I arrived. Basketball, we had our media days starting in 66, but football didn't really start uh, media days until about 70. The, the, were they called the Sky Riders? Sky Riders, that's correct. So you got on your a plane and went from campus to campus mm-hmm. and got off and interviewed a head coach or mm-hmm. players or whomever? That's right. That's right. Not anywhere near as big as this. In fact, this thing has expanded to a point where, it's just, of course, now we've got so many different schools, and I suppose we probably, if we paid attention, there's probably somebody there from Los Angeles. <laughs> I didn't notice. I didn't find anybody, but I didn't go looking for them either. Lucas, but among all those people, there were hundreds of people there. Lucas Oil Stadium was the host site for the last two days, and uh, today was Illinois' day, and uh, we finished up conversations with Brett Bielman and the players, and we want to bring those to you. And we are one month from football in 2022. And uh, as much as uh, there is a lot swirling around the Big Ten and college football, and that certainly was topics of conversation, there's also an actual football season to be thought about. I think there's two more seasons in this in the setup that we have right now, West and East. I think there's two more. And then after that, of course, we're going to have the new uh, rights uh, agreements going to take effect, and and we're going to have USC and UCLA in the in the in the league, and heaven knows what the schedule will be like uh, then after the next two years. I mean, I can't even guess with you. Uh, I think uh, Scott Docterman is trying to trace it uh, he, he, from Iowa. He's done a lot of work with it. He's got an athletic director that talks to him over there about those things, and and he's followed it, and and I think that. Uh, it's probably going to be a 16-team league, uh, you know, with the standings, and then you'll play certain teams one year and other teams another year. Maybe you'll have a few that you play every year. Well, the athletic directors and the head coaches, I think, would prefer that there are some rivalries Mm -hmm. preserved. No one's going to split up Michigan-Ohio State on a yearly basis. There might be three natural rivals, but each team's got to pick out those three, and you know, everybody's got to be happy, but they're not going to all be happy. That's not going to happen. Uh, who are the, who, who are the three teams USC should play? What are their natural rivals? Well, I would say uh, UCLA and, UCLA and uh, <laughs> what? Probably UC Irvine and uh, <laughs> it's San Diego State. Im- it's impossible. Yeah, I mean, I, and and I did talk. I thought as 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 much information as as you'll get from uh, is is the fact that the Big Ten is going to. St- it isn't going to expand, regardless of of the of the rumors. The Big Ten's not going to expand until they know what Notre Dame's going to do. And Notre Dame's not going to do what they're going to do until they decide to do it. And they may not. They may not change anything. 
They may just stay in the ACC, uh, not as a member. They, they play five ACC schools, and that's the way they like it. They want to play Army. They want to play Navy. They want to play Stanford. They want to play whoever. They want to play Big Ten schools. I see Purdue's going to be playing them again in the future. Uh, Michigan State probably will. I'm not sure. I think uh, they play. They start the season this year with Ohio State. So Big Ten schools will still play Notre Dame. It's a, it's a, it's a huge game. Well, there's a lot to bring it to to you here today from Media Days at Indianapolis, so we want to get that going, and we'll get that going right after this. First up, it's the head coach himself, Brett Bielma. You've got sports talk and a big day over in Indianapolis for the football program, the Illini, and all the other Big Ten programs as well, gearing up for the Big Ten season. Second-year head coach Brett Bielma made some time for Lauren and myself and really for you, and we're glad to bring it to you here. It's media days here in Indianapolis on Sports Talk. Scott Beatty and Lauren Tate. We are one month from opening day for Illinois football and the head coach one month away from his second season is Brett Bielma right here with us on the field at Lucas Oil Stadium. Great to see you, Brett. Great to be here, Scott. Thank you, Lauren. Great to be here. Excited about, I think this is my 14th media day, so a couple of these are behind me and hopefully a couple more ahead of me. Well, you know, it. it I'm sure it, it the excitement never wanes for you, right? You know, I was thinking about this last night. Uh, we always drive over the night before, uh, so I had uh, Sid and Chase and, and uh, Isaiah. Actually, Quan was on vacation in Mexico, uh, so he flew into Chicago late yesterday and came over and joined us, but I love to drive over with our players. Um, we drove over, obviously, uh, but um, I love to just fire questions at them, right? So I, I turn into a reporter, and I kind of give them all questions that we kind of have prepared. And, um, and then last night in our hotel, we kind of collectively come together and see what was asked of the coaches, you know, what was said, and, you know, and things to prepare for, questions that we may get. And, you know, it really dawned on me, like, in these media days, especially these last – uh, several I've been involved with, it's it's getting less and less about your team and more and more about the world, right? Like, mm-hmm, yeah. Which I don't know if it's good, bad, or indifferent, but, you know, these four guys that we have with us, I love these guys, right? Like, they're awesome, awesome players, very, very accomplished players, but they're also just great people. And I think the, the whole idea of Media Day when I got going, I remember it was all about our players, right? Our team, um, the season, the story. Um, so hopefully, uh, hopefully I can guide that guide that ship a little better this year because I do want people to know how excited we are about our football team. Yeah, and obviously for folks like us, there's all this stuff swirling, but there's an actual football season that's about to be played. It right? is. So and I get it, Scott, right? Like if people want to talk about expansion, NIL, you know, all that stuff, but um, you know, the, the the truest form of what we are is a football team, right? And we're compiled by a group of young men, and these guys are great representatives. I want to start with the, the news that you, came out yesterday that I'm seeing as good news uh, based on the words of Ben Miller, yeah. that he says he has an encouraging diagnosis but a long road ahead. Um, but I, I read that positively. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Um, you know, when, when to be quite honest, when Ben came to me with the uh, you know, news that, that uh, this originally uh, going back to January, February, you know, obviously you get taken back. Obviously he, uh, you know, has has controlled the narrative, right? Um, but literally we talk all the time. I literally drive by Ben's house every day uh, coming and going to work. And, and so he's always in our minds and our thoughts. And, and it has been a little bit more positive here as of late. And But it came to me, you know, 
really about probably about midway through spring ball. I didn't make the change in spring ball because we were holding on to hope that he might be with us in the fall. But when the treatment plan came out and laid out and realized that he was pretty much going to be removed from the uh, the normal capacity to do your job uh, in, in the fall, uh, that's when we decided to go and, and hire a, an outside coach, right? And Sean Snyder uh, couldn't have been any better. I, Sean and I actually met uh, our first year together as uh, freshmen in the dormitory at the University of Iowa. And then, um, uh, you know, he got into coaching right away, had an incredible playing career, coaching, and started his coaching career. Uh, I was at Kansas State for a couple of years with him and uh, became very close then and then really just kind of followed his career. Um, and and uh, then when uh, the, the timing of this one and He'd obviously been uh, in, in a transition from USC, so couldn't have worked out any better for us, and I think the true benefit's going to be our players. Talking with Brett Bielma on Sports Talk here at Media Days. Yeah, let's talk about Sean Snyder and, yep. and the job he's got to do here in a short period of time. You had a terrific special teams operation last year, he with did. the exception of a kick against Iowa. Yeah, maybe. that's right. But, uh, but overall, didn't you think that was a pretty good first year for you uh, in that regard? Yeah, Lauren, I would say probably um, – Immediately when I got here, I obviously met you know Blake and, and James and 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 realized that you know had two guys kicking the ball. They had played a lot of football, played a lot of really good football, uh, very accomplished. Um, and and uh, you know the thing that jumped out to me right away is everything I learned about them in the out of season came to light when we got them in spring, right? And and those two guys are um, you know very special, um, very very special players, very special people. And then with kickers, you know. They handle the moment very well. I've never seen two guys that probably together at the same time collectively uh, handled their business right on, on game day as well as those two. So now um, you got to start gotta, over. That's right, with, uh, with a new coordinator and a new a new kicker. You know, it, it, one of the benefits of the NCAA rules this year is they've been allowing us to get on the field with these guys. Uh, so Sean has been able to be on the field several times with uh, these kickers and snappers uh, already. So it's really been a, a huge benefit for us that that rule change came about the way it did and. Um, all of our guys have had one-on-one time with Sean and uh, been a huge benefit for us on that in that regards. Well, as you look at your ball club, where do you where where are your main concerns at this point? Well, position wise, yeah, I mean everything goes you know probably to to the players that are playing for the first time, right? So, you know, offensively, you you got an entire new system and uh, a, a new way of communicating, a new way of doing things. So, um, but I really felt the spring, the guys, the last two weeks in particular, just felt a lot more comfort. Again, because of the way the NCAA rules played out, to to have this rule come into play this year uh, during the course of the summer, there's been many occasions where we've had our players one on one with our coaches, uh, also in a group group uh, setting uh, to work with Coach Lundy. So that's been a benefit, um, and it really, like we just talked about, I think specialists, the specialists themselves, the kickers, the punters, the snappers, I think are a, just because they haven't done it, it's such a big part of of the game. Uh, that's probably a main point of emphasis coming into it. You know, I heard the guys on TV last night talking about the special relationship that needs to be between a head coach and a quarterback. So with Tommy in, and of course, you've had a year with Art, but you have a new offensive coordinator in Barry. What's that dynamic like, and is it a different relationship for you with a quarterback, be it a starter or not, uh, compared to other players? You know, Scott, it's a great question, uh, honestly. And I, I tell this when I'm recruiting quarterbacks, right? Um, obviously, uh, Art Sikowski came in through the transfer portal and Tommy. So, really, that's one position that the guys that we're talking about in contention for the job, I, I actually did recruit these guys, right? And, and when I inherited a roster, that really wasn't the case, right? Um, Sidney Chase, Isaiah, and Quan, all these guys are here with me today. I, I didn't have a hand in recruiting them. So I had to build that relationship. And I think that's the thing I'm excited about now in year two more than anything is 
just my overall knowledge of our players and our roster, and in particular them of me as well. But to your point, I always say this to quarterbacks, and I mean this, and I just got a text from Tommy DeVito's dad this morning coming over here. Uh, Tommy was back home, and he was just – he was talking about how excited Tommy is and whatnot. And, and quarterbacks are very similar to head coaches in the fact that um, when things go well, they get entirely too much credit. And, and when things go bad, they get entirely too much blame. And I tell this to, you know, Donovan Leary is a freshman quarterback coming into our program. And when we were recruiting him last year, I told his parents, listen, you know, the one thing I can promise you is uh, as a head coach, I will take every bullet, right? He may play the best game of his career, and I'll give him all the praise in the world. And if he plays the worst game of his career, I'll take every bullet, right? Because I think if the media senses, as a head coach, you don't have faith or trust in your quarterback, it's it's over, right? It's a very, very tough thing to overcome. I'm sure you guys last year with the musical chairs we had going between, you know, Art and, and, and uh, uh, Brandon, like I had to be that way, right? And, and no matter what I truly, I, I was very upfront and honest with those guys, where we were, what we were doing, who was going to be the starter, why we were doing it. And um, I think to build that relationship last year was probably one of the more enjoyable parts of my job. When it comes to not just the quarterback, but the setting, the depth chart, you know, we're a month out from opening day. I don't know what ideal is, but what do you need set yeah. and when? Whether or not anybody else, no, it's I, right. I know Wyoming, you don't want them knowing, but no. you just when do you need it set and when do the players need it set? Well, it, it, they're going to dictate that, right, really, by the way they play it. There's yeah. a guy that definitely demonstrates he's head and shoulders above the rest. Uh, we'll, we'll make that decision and move forward. I would say going into game week, uh, we'll play it. We'll have a mock game on that Friday before our first game. Uh, you know, eight days out. That's kind of the break of camp. But when we jump into game week preparation on that Sunday, uh, uh, Sunday maybe uh, not Sunday, but for sure by Tuesday, when we go into our game week preparation, the team will know who our starting quarterback is. I, you know, I don't. I, I'll play it by ear at that time if I want to announce it. If I want to, uh, 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 you know, give the formal starter, but. Um, I think it's important for the team to have a week of preparation knowing that who's the starting quarterback. Last year I did it with Brandon Peters. I really waited till that game week to make that announcement. And, and um, you know, Art had done a lot of really good things, but they went into that week knowing Brandon Peters was a starter, Art Sikowski was a backup, and the way the game played out, BP gets knocked out in the first quarter. And, and really if uh, Art hadn't played the way he had during fall camp, well, we wouldn't have had a chance to win that game. Uh, I want to ask you a, a difficult question, maybe that you wouldn't want to answer. That's right. You got a really tough Big Ten opener at Indiana. Yeah. They're waiting for you down there. This is their bowl game. They've lost eight in a row. They want to win this game more than anything. You've got a game ahead. Yeah. Who's got the advantage at Indiana? The team that has not played, or the team that's got a game in? You know, Lawrence, a great question. I think most coaches, right? There's coaching cliches, coach talk, coach speak. I think most teams believe, right, in the head coaches, and I would say through. My 14 years as a head coach, the biggest amount of improvement usually comes from game one to game two, especially for the guys that haven't played before. So we really lobbied and tried to find a way to get us to a week zero game, and obviously Wyoming uh, worked out so we could get that to happen. The reason I did that at the time, our opener was going to be at Wisconsin, um, and and then they flipped the schedule. If you remember, they Big Ten came in and kind of changed it around. So. Um, we did that on the forefront to, to try and get a week zero game uh, to give our guys that hadn't played a chance to play at home. So, But on the flip side, Indiana has got the entire out-of-season, spring, fall, and, summer, and new, fall. New coordinators, it, you don't know exactly. Exactly, what and it's playing on a short week, right? Mm-hmm. We play on a Saturday and we play on a Friday at Indiana. Yeah. So um, any conference game, but in particular Indiana, I think for what you're saying, uh, it's going to be a tremendous challenge on our hands. Yeah, I, uh, I wonder now uh, in terms of your – a lineup, do you feel like you're fairly well set? Or how many 
out, out of how many positions do you think out of 22 are up for grabs at this point? Well, you know, I, I really think, um, you know, on offense, uh, you know, the way we finish the spring, I don't see a lot of – I mean, we've got a couple of new guys that we've added in, but I think our offensive line, our top seven linemen, top eight linemen, uh, we kind of knew who they were coming out of spring football. At tight end, you got Luke Ford and – um, but Tipper Ryman, those two guys kind of been the guys mm-hmm. at running back. There's no doubt Chase Brown is our running back, and Josh McCray is a very, very uh, formidable option as well. I think at quarterback, we know two the two main guys are wide receiver uh, Casey and Isaiah. So I would say on offense in particular, we may not know who the the guy is for a certain player, a certain rep, but we know who our players are. Um, uh, but we have added a few new wide receivers, um, uh, Cody Case and, and Jonah Morris. Both those guys came in through the transfer portal. Excited to see what they bring. Defensively, um, I would say, you know, obviously we lost Kirby, but a lot of our players are back on defense. We lost our two overhang players in, in OC and Isaiah, but a lot of, uh, a lot of, the, uh, of, the, of the positions that, that made up our team, you know, because Jake left, well, Jake got hurt in game five, right? So, like, he, he – his, you know, CJ, uh, Tariq Barnes, Dark Angel, a lot of those guys got a lot of reps last year before before the end of the season. We're at Media Days here in Indianapolis talking with the coach, Brett Bielma. If you got a moment to stay through the break, coach. Absolutely. All right, we'll be right back here on Sports Talk. Now at NewsGazette.com, inside the live my basketball, we'll be Assistant coach, Tim We're continuing here on Media Days on Sports Talk. Indianapolis, Coach Brett Bielma is good enough to make some time for us. Uh, Coach, this past summer, the tailgate tour, you got to go out and about. And I sense, look, media and outreach and fan engagement, that's part of every head coach's job. I kind of sense that you really like it. (laughs) You're just a people guy. Yeah, I do like meeting people. Um, And then for me, you know, it's been fun. Obviously, it's year one, right, because of... When I first got introduced, if you remember, it was December 19th. It was right in the heart of kind of the wrap-up of COVID, right? Yeah. So I couldn't really get out and about. And um, I know when they announced in January, February, we are going to be going on and doing a tailgate tour and being around uh, our fan base and going to certain parts of the country. We were in the Quad Cities, which is where I grew up, right? So literally saw people I hadn't seen maybe in 10, 20, 30 years. And, um, you know, obviously always great to get into the Chicagoland area. We did one in Decatur. Uh, was awesome. So um, I think the more we can take us to fans, right? Like everybody always talks about fan support and getting people in Memorial, but when we're able to kind of go see them, right, and go travel to their neck of the woods, I think that's just something special our athletic department. I give Cassie uh, on her a, a lot of credit. She came up with the plan, and obviously Josh had to sign off on it, but the, to go and meet those people I think is special. I uh, was interested to see uh, one of the stops when you were in the Quad Cities. Your folks were there. Yeah. So I'm curious – if you don't want to tell us, that's fine. But how how do you see yourself like your dad, and how do you see yourself like your mom, at least in the positive things they've passed on to you? Yeah, without a doubt, uh, two most influential people in my yeah. life, right? And, and you, you know, I think we all go through life, and you don't realize how much you were formed by your experiences before you left the college, right? And uh, my mom is a, a, a you know a breast cancer survivor over thirty years, and, and everybody thinks I think you right away as a male you get your strength from your you, you know, and I. I got a lot of strength from my dad, but my mom's resilience, enough, her toughness, um, her her demeanor, uh, she's. I, I got a lot from my mom, and then my dad um, really taught me the value of hard work. Right, like we we would get up and we would work, you know, for an hour and a half, two hours before we even went to school. We were getting up at five, five thirty, you know. I think so. The value of 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 work and and what it means to put it in an honest day's work. My dad 
I think the first time he had ever uh, been away from the farm that I grew up on was literally when we went to the Rose Bowl my sophomore year. He had never been away for a day uh, from our farm. We never took vacations. We never went. I never been on a plane until I went to college, right? So, like, we led a life that was it was awesome. It was all I knew. And, and uh, you know, we actually grew up in a little town of 1,800 people, probably Illinois, but we we were, you know, seven to eight miles away from that town itself. So we were kind of out in the middle. It just kind of, uh, you know, had had uh, a big deal for us was to go fishing, right? Uh, if we did everything right, my dad would take us golfing on Sundays, and we worked our tail off to make sure that happened, right? So, like, it was a great way to grow up and a great way to live life. Where did football come into the picture of you growing up? You know, was it on radio? Was it on television yeah, for you? Yeah, so I distinctly remember, um, you know, we had basically ABC, CBS, and NBC back then, right? And we didn't have a remote control. I was a remote. Dad would just say, hey, flip <laughs> it to six, flip it to eight, flip it to four. Uh, and I had to get up and do it. And and then uh, one of my first real football memories, I remember the Cowboys and the Steelers were playing in the Super Bowl, and I had a sheet of a pad of paper in front of me, and I was charting first downs and, and, and different things during the course of the game. And, I remember everybody just kind of looking at me. Everybody else was just watching the game, but I was definitely charting uh, the Super Bowl. Um, and and I, I think that was one of my first memories. And then my older brother, Bart, uh, and my older brother, or my older brother Barry, they both played football, and I idolized and watched them. Uh, my sister, Betsy, ran track at Illinois State, so I kind of you know, knew that there was an opportunity to do sports beyond high school. So I was definitely formed, you know, a lot of who I am today was formed from my brothers and my sisters and my parents. Being a walk-on, does that give you a different uh, attitude toward other walk-ons that you see? 100%. Out? You know, Josh and I had an early conversation when I took this job about building the walk-on program here at Illinois. It's something they really hadn't. There had been examples, but nothing mm-hmm. like when I was at Iowa, when I was at Wisconsin, uh, we had a large number of guys, you know, you know, from J.J. Watt to uh, uh, Chris Merrill. I mean, there were guys that were getting drafted, right, that were former walk-ons. And I think the walk-on program, I always call it, it's a way to erase a mistake, right? So uh, you get an under-recruited, underdeveloped, uh, undersized walk-on that maybe goes from 185 like I did. I came to college, if you believe it or not, was I was 188 uh, and left college at 250-pound D lineman, right? So, like, those, you can't put a price tag on those guys that just develop into something you couldn't see. you see anybody on the team that reminds you of yourself on this team? You know, um, uh, I, I do know that, you know, you actually gravitate, right, to guys that were former. Uh, Bryce Barnes has done a really nice yeah. job. You know, he was an outside linebacker that's now converted to a defensive How lineman. How big is he now? He's probably about 285. You know, Ooh. he got a little bit heavier than that, actually, and I think he's kind of leaned it up. And um, I saw him working out uh, during the course of the summer. I came back on a... Uh, I believe it was a Saturday. It was during recruiting. Um, I came back to the uh, facility at like literally like 6 o'clock, 6.30 at night, and Bryce Barnes and Aiden Lawfrey, two Gibson City kids, mm-hmm. are out on the field on a Friday night at 6.30, 7 o'clock at night working out. Like it, Those guys just have a different gear to them that uh, kind of pushes them to a new level. You will start camp this weekend, Brett. Uh, you've been doing this for a while. Yeah. Can you plan a camp in your sleep kind of thing? Is... is uh What's the measurables for you that that make a successful camp? You know, it, the, the the unique part to this year is the NCA came again with a new set of guidelines <laughs> and principles. So we have a seven day I'm sensing a theme, uh, a, a seven day acclimatization. So every year it's been a little bit different. We actually started in July this year. We've only started in July one other time. I think when I was at Arkansas, we started on July 27th. So that was the earliest. But they changed the rules again this year. So this has never been done, even for me in a in a in a room. Uh, 52 years of age. Uh, we had freshmen come in the room at 17 years old. Um, they actually are going to have a meeting on this Saturday, and we practice that day. 
that's never been done before where you actually get to practice the first day that you have them on campus. So uh, it's a unique experience. It's one we're excited about, and uh, it's definitely a challenge ahead of us. All right, I have something maybe off the wall or just reveals things that I think about. See a coach on the sideline. They got a play card in front of them. Yeah. Color-coded, all kinds of stuff. I'm a broadcaster. If I'm doing a game, I've got a great thing printed out, yeah. color-coded, and everything. You've got a handwritten Manila file folder. Yeah. Tell me about what, how you come to that instead of why is it important? Just what's on that? Yeah. So I, I literally <laughs> do it for every practice and game. Um, it's a way for me to organize my thoughts. So uh, and on the front of the folder, I divide it into offense, defense, special teams, and overall. And I'll, I'll have key points um, that I know I want to get to. The first, the front side is first half. It says offense first, defense first, special teams first, overall first. Uh, and then on the back side, it's the second half. Um, anything I write in blue is notes that I have before the game starts, uh, thoughts that I've gone over during the course of the week. Anything I write in red is uh, now it's orange, actually, um, are thoughts that I have on the field or after the game has started. Uh, and when you open it up, uh, the inside left-hand side is all of my special teams depth um, and game plan. And on the right is all my uh, offense, defense depth, and, and the call sheet for offense and defense. Is there something to, about the process of actually writing as opposed to yeah. using a computer? Oh, gosh, yeah. No, I, I'm not a typer. Um, I, I, I literally <laughs> I, I, I was in a typing class in high school, and I think uh, it's the only class I was in jeopardy of failing. I couldn't <laughs> type. Uh, so I've always been a writer. When I write, I write daily notes on yellow pads. Uh, my staff always gives me a hard time because it's always going to be handwritten, and I don't have great penmanship. Um, Sherry Atwell just started working for us as my uh, uh, admin assistant, and, and she, she literally said the first time I sent her, I got her a note handed to her. She's like, boy, you have bad penmanship. I said, I know. <laughs> well, uh, what, what do you do for uh, for halftime? I mean, do you make notes that you're going to deliver at halftime? Uh, 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 some of it, Lauren, I'll actually write uh, pre-thought, right? Like these are some key thoughts going in half, but I definitely, when we first come in, I always go in. Let the offense go to their room. Let the defense go to their room and talk. And then I'll gather my thoughts, and then I'll go visit with the offense defense separately. But make you some talk to my coordinators yeah, first? Yeah, absolutely. Yep, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll let them have a minute with their staff. Um, if there's something I want to get to right away, I'll do that. Um, but for the most part, I want to let good coaches coach. I didn't want to let Isaiah Williams go by. What was important for you to make sure he came over here, well, too? Well, the, the NCAA, uh, not NCAA, the Big Ten, um, uh, early on had given us the ability to bring three players. And then um, when the listings came out, I saw that there were two teams in the league that were allowed four players. And I said, well, uh, giddy up. Like, tell the Big Ten <laughs> office we're going to bring four. Uh, so we, 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 we uh, uh, had an opportunity to bring one more guy, and Isaiah was uh, easily the, the next selection. A lot of good qualified guys, but I think Isaiah is a hidden gem, and, you know, he's a guy that I, I wanted him to see this, get a little bit of exposure because I, I fully intend for him to be a guy that comes with us next year. Well, Brett, it's a treat to have you because I know during the season, of course, you got your radio Absolutely. show and you're very busy. So it's great to be able to visit with you on Sports Talk here at Media Days. Uh, thanks so much for your time. I know we'll be hearing from you plenty as training camp gets started. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it. Lauren, thank you. Have a thank great you. day. That was our conversation with Brett Bielma just a little while ago over there in Indianapolis. The way the timing worked out this year, uh, just had to pre-record everything because the, the whole thing's wrapping up by about now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so there's going to be nobody there at 4 o'clock. Well, I think they run you out at 6. Mm-hmm. I know I talked to Scott Ritchie. He, he's got to get his writing done. Now, I don't know if that's 6 our time or 6 their time, but I I just know he's got to hustle. 
Yeah. We were talking to one of the event security people who said, uh, if you're still here at a certain time, you go do your work at your hotel or wherever, but you don't, I want to go home. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> anyway, Brett Bielma, thank you for his uh, conversation. Of course, you'll start hearing him regularly during the week on the airwaves with the Brett Bielma Show right here on DWS. And we will come back and tell you about, uh, we'll see what we pull out here. I haven't, I haven't queued up the next thing. It's going to be a surprise. Back after a moment. You've got Sports Talk on this Wednesday, and it's uh, media days where the uh, focus of today's attention. A couple other items to get to as we go along with the program, but ended up zeroing in quite a bit on Illinois football. One month from today, it kicks off against the Wyoming Cowboys at Memorial Stadium. It'll be August 27th, what's known as Week Zero, and you asked him about it. He likes Week Zero. He likes well, well I, at least he has for, for these two too. seasons, yeah. I mean, they, they, they like the idea. that they, That's why Josh is scheduled a second year in a row, because they could get away with it. And, uh, you know, not many teams can get into that slot. And uh, I think that they do feel like they'll be better prepared for Indiana with that game. Mm-hmm. I think on the balance, he, he was asked, you asked him and somebody else asked him too, hey, would you rather be completely fresh mm-hmm. and and have the ability to surprise Indiana or do you like having a game under your belts? And he, On the balance, he likes it this way. Players improve from week one to week two. The trade-off is they see Illinois on tape, but yep. he, he thinks it's the advantage and that's how it's going to be. Quan Martin will be in the in the secondary for Illinois. He was one of the representatives, the safety slash nickel for Illinois, a senior, and made eight starts last year, played in all 12 games. He joined us at Lucas Oil Stadium this afternoon. Get to talk to one of the Illini representatives from the field this year. It's Jartavius Quan Martin <laughs> joining us from the secondary, and great to have you. I actually don't know the the history of Quan versus Jartavius. How'd that come about? Okay, so my middle name is the Quan, the Quan with a D. Just, yeah. Okay. He just took the Quan part from it, and it's been my nickname since I was a little kid. Did somebody gave you that nickname? Or yeah, started? my parents did. Yeah. Yeah. So where does Jartavius come from? That's my first name. Well, right. But I mean, did, did, just the name they gave you? Yeah, was there, was there a the name family name or anything? Nah, just the name they gave me. And and so, but Quan, <laughs> usually the middle name is when you're in trouble, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I think that's the first name now. Oh, the full name. You yeah. You get the yeah, whole name. Yeah. Yeah. Well, congratulations on being selected. Come to media Thank days. You. I that is always an indicator that your your coach a thinks you're a key player and b represents the team well yep. and that you're you're a leader and will will speak well. So congratulations uh, on that. What's the uh, hoopla been like for you? I mean, it's been pretty well. Just taking everything in so far, uh, meeting new people, and just being able to represent the, this football team in the university. Uh, there's camp starting up this weekend. Yes, sir. Are you chomping at the bit for it? Oh, yeah, man. I've been excited. Uh, my last fall camp of my football, college football career. And, uh, you know, just excited to hit the ground running with the boys. I think of football training camp, I think of hot oh, and yeah. humid. Uh-huh. Uh, that doesn't probably sway you, does it? Oh, or? nah. We've been 
No, I'm from Florida. <laughs> and then again, we've been getting a lot of that this summer working out, yeah. uh, you know, during summer conditioning. So, you know, guys kind of getting used to it and, and kind of know what to expect going forward. Quan Martin is here with us. Quan, you got to help me a little bit. Uh, I watch uh, starting lineups very often. They'll have four defensive backs, and then the game starts, and next thing you know, there's five defensive backs. <laughs> and you've played more than one position, yes, sir. right? I mean, tell, tell us how that works. Uh, so I've been that corner, uh, slot corner, the nickel, nickel back position, mm-hmm. and free safety. So just being able to play all those positions and uh, just being more versatile for our defense. Will you be doing that this season? Yes, sir. And how do you see uh, you, you're in the starting lineup? Uh-huh. I know that if, there, if we only have four defensive backs. Yes, sir. Uh, how does that? Uh, how do? How do? You, where will you line up um, with the four? Uh, I'll probably play a little free safety. Okay, you'll be the free safety opposite. Uh, uh, Brown, yes, sir. Sydney Brown, yes, sir. Then when you go to five backs, somebody comes out and and somebody comes in. Yeah. Uh, how does that? I mean, wh- where will you then be lined up? So then I'll go to uh, slot corner, like okay. the back position. Okay. So yes, you're sir. the nickel back yeah, too. Yeah. So that's that's my main role for the defense, actually. What was what was Joseph's role last year? Uh, he played free safety. And 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 did he play nickel some? Uh, not much, I don't believe. Okay. But he's a hard guy to replace, isn't he? Uh, I mean, yeah, he, he had he's a, heck a great of a player. Year. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely a great player. Uh, you know, it's it's tough losing a guy like that, but I mean, it's for the better for him, uh, pursuing his dreams and his goals and to making it to the NFL. So you know, the guys in, that we have now in the room are well prepared to play and come and fill that role. A lot of experience, even yes, though sir. you lost Adams, you lost Joseph. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's considerable experience with the, in that crew. Of course, you got Smith, uh, who Rodney Smith, who's played receiver, and now he's been a defensive back for several years. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, just the the younger guys in the room and, and and the group of guys that we have, just preparing them well, and and those guys stepping up and, and playing major roles for our defenses is going to be a huge part in our defense this year. I read that your defensive coordinators. We're talking with Quan Martin here at Media Days. Uh, your defensive coordinator Ryan Walters says you're the especially for playing in the nickel. You know, you, you might not show up in the stat sheets uh-huh. every day. How do you know every game? How do you know? Um, it, what is success for you when it comes to defense if it's not racking up tackles? Uh, just, you know, being able to cover my guy uh, every play and I just, just taking him away from the offense and, and what they're trying to do. Just, you know what I'm saying, just taking that guy away from their offensive scheme and just being able to cover him the whole game. And I read that you graded out very well in terms of missed tackles or not missing yeah. tackles. Is that is that true? Is that how you would see your your own self evaluation from last year? Uh, yeah, uh, definitely. Because you have to be a good tackler, especially in the Big Ten. So just you know, having pride and and, and tackling, and you know, because a lot of guys, um, a lot of guys will will play the game and just being a, a complete player, just being able to to do everything on the field itself, instead of just you know just being good in one position or one spot, just being able to be a complete player. Is, is that? Uh, tell me more about that. By that, is it? Is that more the cerebral part of the game? You mean, or just being a good fundamental football player where you are? Uh, I feel like it's both. Because um, this game, you're gonna get interceptions, pass breakups, tackle, 
talk for like all kinds of stuff. So, you know, if you can do all of those things and, and stick to your fundamentals and to, to help you with those things. How much do you see this year's defense as a continuation of last year's defense despite the turnover, or does it feel like a new squad, a new day kind of thing? Uh, it's, it's definitely a different squad than what we had last year. You, you know, you lost a quite a few guys on our defense but like I said I believe in those younger guys to come in and step up and and fill those roles and, and there not be a drop off there uh, you uh, you lost a couple linebackers mm-hmm. and you lost a couple defensive backs and you lost a nose tackle mm-hmm. have you do you think that the team is on on a level where you finished last year you finished very strong last eight games or so mm-hmm. are you on that level right now oh yeah definitely um you know, day one fall camp, we're going to hit the ground running and, and, you know, just set the standard from there and put pieces together on our defense. And, and Coach Walters, I feel like Coach Walters will put, I know he will put everybody in the right position to be successful. Walters made a a big step forward last year after those first few games. Maybe the Virginia game was a, uh-huh. was a low spot. They, yeah. they threw some yeah. touchdown passes against you, but... Uh, what changed after about the third or fourth game? Was it was it a change in the the way you were playing defense, or just was there was there anything specific that you think back to? Um, we just knew as a defense that we had to step up and, and be better for this team, and uh, we we did change some things around, put in, guys in different positions in and, the front, uh, just everywhere. everywhere. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so just changing things around and changing the way we did things in in the past and just building off that week by week what about yourself um you've been uh, this is your fifth year yes sir going on and just bring me along from your freshman right through to to this point Uh, when do you think you made your biggest strides um I played corner my freshman year. Freshman, sophomore year, I played corner. And then halfway through the sophomore year, I got moved to uh, free safety. And from there, it's just been like just finding ways to, to get back on the field and, you know, just help out this team and do everything I can to get get time on the field. So just building off that year by year and getting better each and every year. And I feel like last year was probably one of my better years. Mm-hmm. Um like I said, Coach Walters puts us in a great position to be successful, so I really appreciate him for that. Lauren mentioned the Virginia game, Juan, and that ended up kind of being a turning point in the season, I think, especially de- defensively. But uh, I wonder if that game is sitting there in the back of your mind and you, as you look to them coming here for the third game of the season and uh, maybe some revenge on the mind for that one. But they're going to bring the, the, the quarterbacks back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. You, you would never forget what a, what a team did to you the previous years. But, I mean, we're going to prepare for them like we will any other opponent and uh, just take it week by week, game by game, and, and go in there with a game plan. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Williams is here. Have you had to cover him in practice? Oh, yeah. And how'd every that day, go? Every day. Uh, he's tough, man. But I love Love the competition with him. Uh, he's going to give me his all every play, and, and I'm going to get him the same. So, you know, he always calls me out. He, wanna guard me. he wants me to guard him and one-on-one, so I, I enjoy doing that. Uh, who gets the better of who? And would he say the same as to however you're going to answer that? <laughs> uh, I feel like, like I said, it's a, it's a competitive sport, so 
he's going to get his and I'm going to get mine. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's up and down, and some days we're just going at each other. So, well, I assume it's a, it's another year where he needs to have the ball in his hands as much as possible because he creates problems yeah, for defense. What's does. the toughest part of guarding a guy like him? Uh, his shiftiness, man. Like, you never know his next move. And uh, just just using your fundamentals and standing on your P's and Q's at all times when guarding him. So. Yeah. Well, great to have you here. Congratulations on, you, on the a media day appearance here. And it's not a small thing. It's it's yes. very meaningful. Yes, so sir. congratulations. Thank and you. I like to know Ty, look. Your, oh, yeah. <laughs> coach, your coach was pining for the yesteryear of tie wearing and all that but i think it looks good yeah man it's definitely a a, a new era of suits you know i got the the kicks on yep so i mean yeah like i said it's definitely a new era of suits man a lot of guys not wearing ties and, and dress shoes so it, it wears well for you yeah <laughs> especially you. on radio so appreciate it that's kwan martin here with us on sports talk from media days all right mr tate that's uh some of what you and I did today. Yeah, and you know, uh, I can remember when a lot of the media would show up in ties and, and jackets and that sort of thing, and and it's just all changed over time. And now, uh, how many guys showed up in shorts today? <laughs> you know, yep. it's just different. Hey, uh, one other item that uh, came out today that uh, I know caught your attention, ZZ Clark. Yeah. The the younger brother of Sky Clark, incoming yeah. f- or freshman point guard for Illinois, ZZ Clark, leaving high school, going to go play for the uh, kind of a pro team. Well, the well, older- wait a minute, he's not leaving high school. He's leaving his high. He's got to go to high school to be qualified to qualify for a college. Yeah. I, I meant in the traditional. sense. I know yeah. you're right, but I'm wondering what high school is he going to go to if if he's on the, on this elite team. They're gonna. They played G League teams this past year. They played professional players last year. I don't but, know. Do you, but they like, say he's like not t- the only one doing it, and they say it's legal. It, We're in a new world, Scott. A new world. Is it like tennis players, young tennis players, or figure skaters, or gymnasts that kind of do their tutoring on their own? With you know, private tutor or kind of well, a homeschool situation, you know, and they just they they get through their education in a different way. <laughs> well, but now you can get out of a, a traditional high school, go play professional baseball. And he's or doing it two years. We had a lot of guys that did it last year, uh, one year because you know they're going to be pros their next year. But here's a case of a guy that's going to do it two years and he's not going to turn pro. More that we. Unearthed today from Media Days in hour number two. Thank you, Lauren. Yes. This is Newstock 1400, 93.9 FM, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. Time for a news update.